What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us here on our ESPN Esports Valorant show. Emily, Tyler, and Arda with you. Uh, Jacob is recovering from a small procedure. He tweeted about it. He's fine. Uh, something uh, on his lips. Had to get it removed. He tweeted all about it. You can go check it out on his Twitter. But he'll be back next week. So send him good vibes. Dub in the chat for Jacob. He's fine. He's all good. Uh, what is What else is good is the fact that we have a lot to talk about on the show, including a new act. We have a new agent. We know all about Killjoy by now. If you haven't seen it, there are videos all over the place with Killjoy's kit and abilities. Uh, it A lot of Killjoy's abilities, to me, feel like the next evolution of what Cypher would have created if Cypher had created new new things. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially like the, the, the uh, Cypher cage. It's like, that's the alt, but just like wider yeah, and keeps wider people in place. And yeah. better. And actually <laughs> severely better in almost every single way than his little cage. Which means it's going to get nerfed. Because, I mean, Cypher Cage was nerfed, too, so. True. Uh, I don't know if it will be nerfed. I think like I think a lot now is a lot of theory crafting. I think yeah. I really need to see this in practice of where can it be placed, how how obvious is it, how loud is it, how is the, uh, like, I think one of the biggest things that people bring up about Valorant is its audio direction and how sometimes it can be so hit and miss. Uh, if this ult is so, like, this ult, you know, in theory is super powerful, but if it's very, if it, the audio directional sound can show you where it is, it, it, I think it'll be very, very strong in, in compositional wise. Like, if a team can really play around it and link it up with, like, a Viper, like, a Viper, I think Viper and Killjoy together would be a very strong combo. I just think right now it's a lot of theory crafting. And overall, I, I think she's fine. I, I think she'll, she is. She seems like she'd be fun to play as to annoy other teams and very difficult to play against when you are down and you just can't get through her. And her, she's she's definitely an agent that's going to make people mauled. There's going to be. I can already. <laughs> I can already see Hiko just mauling on stream playing against Killjoy. It, it, the pro streamers are not going to have fun playing against Killjoy in the first opening days if they can't, you know, insta-click her first. Because the first few days of Killjoy, we're going to see a lot of sloppiness and a lot of people just being very upset about her ult and her turret and everything mm-hmm. she has. She's a very tricky champ. She's a very tricky agent in that sense. Where I think as time goes on, teams are going to learn how to either counter her or play her better in compositions. But I think for the first few days, it's going to be a lot of mold. There's going to be... I already know who you are. To, or you're going to be forfeiting after the sixth round. You're going to be like, we're oh, yeah. six. Slash surrender. Slash surrender. This is done. I don't know. Even, Emily uh, will be like, what the hell are you doing, Arda? Like, buy me literally my, sixth round. Buy me my Odin or I'm quitting. <laughs> yeah. Buy me my Odin. After <laughs> so we won't As have to worry about... even-tempered gamer of the group, which is actually not true because I rage a lot myself. Um... I think the it's a little I think there's been a little bit of an overreaction to because I feel like people always can't help but compare Valorant to other games. So like when her kit was leaked and then following that released, uh people are just like, I don't want to play against turrets. This is expletive bullshit. Uh, you know, the the response was very visceral and immediate, <laughs> and I don't think uh, I don't think that I don't think it's going to be as bad as what people think it will be. If that makes sense. So like, I, I think I think the immediate reaction was a little bit oh. overblown. 
Um, and I understand, like, everyone apparently has Overwatch PTSD, but, like, you need to get over it. I don't think it's going to be nearly as bad as what people say. Who knows? Maybe I can be wrong. I do think there will be, uh, to Tyler's point, a lot of molding. But sure. I also think, like, making all of these, uh, having all of these reactions before she's even released is pretty ridiculous. So let's go through Killjoy's abilities. By the way, August 4th is the date that Killjoy will be released and the new act. And so that means that Killjoy will not be obviously part of the two big tournaments, or at least the tournament happening be. this weekend. No, pardon no, no. Me. not this or weekend, but the this phase weekend, sorry. The main he might yeah, be part of the phase. I corrected yeah. myself. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've talked to a few pro pros who are like, it seems like she will be available for the phase invitational. So yes. could get, we could get a little bit of cheese. Some of the lower ring teams could be pulling her out to cheese the top teams who aren't prepped for her. So Not the mandatory gonna, cup this weekend. So yeah, the abilities the are the alarm bot. Uh, what you're seeing there is the turret right now. That is So just to clarify the uh, severity and the fire rate and damage of the turret, because I think a lot of people were equating it to maybe a classic pistol or it being OP. So a burst of three bullets fired after 0.75 seconds. That's the speed at which the bullets come. At close range, that's eight damage per bullet. From 20 meters, it's six damage per bullet. And 35 meters, it's four damage per bullet. So now Nothing. that... It Yeah, it colors your thoughts a little bit on how damaging the turret actually is. Sure, it's helpful, right? But it's not necessarily an extra agent on the field. It's for intel. It's basically for you to have someone look to the right when you're on the left, right? It's not to... It, the turret's not going to kill you, but you want... It, it's for intel and to turn your direction of your opponent to another direction. If you put it on a box on the left, you're on the right to crossfire while they're turned killing the turret like it it's all until right. i think the turret's fine Tur i think turret agents or turret champions or characters in general are just annoying to play against in general and there's really they're not you know the most crazy innovative there's not we're not making the wheel here uh but i think if you're gonna have a turret in the game this is the least annoying way you can have it it's not going to kill you most likely unless you're like iron one and don't know how to aim up or like you don't know anything about uh you don't know where to check your corners and you just get killed by it without even knowing where it is but it should be fine like i think it's, it's mostly like it's a, a, a slightly more deadly tripwire yeah e emily you're muted Sorry, my yeah, kids are being super loud. Um, I think another thing is that, uh, which is why, like, I'm kind of shocked at the response to to Killjoy is that Cipher has a lot of really similar. Like, I think Killjoy plus, like Tyler mentioned, Kill, uh, Killjoy plus Viper. I think Killjoy plus Cipher is going to be absolutely nuts and super obnoxious. Um, Cipher is by far and away like the most picked agent in the game right now uh he's like mandatory so you know i think uh i think to the to the point of turrets i think they're weak they're actually are looking to be weak enough that they they won't kill you and they shouldn't unless you can't shoot at a static target so the other see to me i was more surprised by the other abilities in particular uh, the alt. So this is what you're seeing on screen mm -hmm. here is the alarm bot. If you get hit by the alarm bot, you become vulnerable and you can see there one classic target shot to the chest will end you. So that like it makes you it's almost like a reverse Reina where you become vulnerable and anyone can shoot you down very easily in that Major situation. Debuff. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then so, the lore, and the lore already. I just want to wait, wait, wait. I just want to go through the just because we're seeing it on screen right now. That's the nano swarm right there. So that's a grenade, and that seems very powerful. You get caught in that, it looks like you die pretty fast. Then the lockdown alt, it takes a few seconds to activate. I believe it's eight seconds. But if you, for example, you're on ascent. 13 seconds. 13 seconds. So let's say you're on ascent and you can hear people coming in. You put that behind Boathouse and then you hide for cover. And if you time it right, all of a sudden uh, the team plants and then it activates. They're stuck there and they're slowed. So mm -hmm. like that's a, if you time it right, you can really team wipe in situations like that. So that's going to be a really interesting one to see how the pros use, Tyler. Sorry, I, I, I just interrupted just because we saw the uh, shots on screen, but please go ahead. No, the lore of You got to talk about the rich, deep lore of Valor is that apparently that uh, Ray's Roomba, Ray stole the blueprints of Killjoy's alarm bot, which is how she made her uh, a most annoying uh, creation, the, the Roomba, the Boomba, as the Boom Bots. So... You know, so people are saying that basically Killjoy is the love child of Cypher and Ray's. Not too far off, but I do, I do think Cypher and Killjoy would be extremely strong on the defensive side. But I think this adds more to the strategy of it, right? Where you could play, you know, you could go all defensive and play Sage, Cypher, and Killjoy, maybe in a Viper in there. But then your uh, attack side is going to be severely leaked. So I do think it's a given pool where, yes, in theory, a Cypher and Killjoy combo along with maybe more a few more controllers is like un possibly to like break through when it comes to like a split map where it's already defensive sided but then you have to think about the offensive capabilities where you do have to get some rounds on attack so i do think it she adds a bit more strategic depth to being where you want to take your composition either defensive or offensive or more well-rounded all of well now i hate rays how dare she uh, how dare she thief some plans what is this? I didn't even know we had Valorant lore. I did know that she had like a kingdom <laughs> laptop. Did you? I was gonna ask Tyler. Did you make this up? Did you make this up, Tyler? No. Like, did you just make up no. lore? No. It was in like the German. <laughs> no. It was in like the German reveal of of, of uh, Killjoy because she's German. Yeah. I believe Riot talked to a German uh, gaming site to give her the details of okay. the new character from their country, and they brought up the like. She stole, like, Ray stole the blueprints of Alarmbot and made a better robot. Like, the, the Boombot's way better than Alarmbot. Like, the Boombot, as I raised me myself, like, the Boombot is, is, is impossibly godly. It's way better than the Alarmbot. Who cares about the debuff? The Boombot just kills people. So this is going to really strain Germany-Brazil relations is what oh. we're saying here. <laughs> If this it already is very wasn't tough. already, if it very wasn't already, we're starting geopolitical conflicts here. Great. <laughs> anyway, so so that's that's Killjoy. Uh, so August fourth is the release date. Uh, that means that obviously Killjoy will not be part of the mandatory cup, but possibly, quite possibly, part of Phase Clan's Invitational. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the rest of the act. Let's talk about new skins. Let's talk about Killjoy counters. Let's just overall. What are we expecting and what are we hoping for from this new act? Emily, let's start with you on this one. Um, I mean, I want there to be a new map. I think, like, maps are, and maybe this is just coming from, like, my primary FPS being COD. Um, I think maps make or break an FPS for me. Uh, and I actually really like 
assent. I know people disagree with that assessment. Mm. I think I think assent is my favorite map thus far in Valorant uh, when compared to the others. Um, outside of like changes they made to split, I, I actually like split a lot more now. Um, but I want to see another map. I want to see them continue to improve in interesting map design. And obviously the simultaneous release of Killjoy, if they were to have it in this, uh, in this act, would be... Um, I mean, I think because of her turrets, that takes getting used to in terms of, you know, triangulating stuff. Uh, but I don't know. For me, it's like it's overwhelmingly an FPS's... Uh, lives or dies by its maps and I want to see Riot continue to improve in their map design because I feel like we've already seen that from beta to launch um, so that that would be like my big request I guess uh, I know they announced like a few changes to rank that I'm sure Tyler is going to talk about but I just really want a, I really want a new map or two and I want to see how they've evolved in terms of map design well, we're not getting a new map because new uh, the next new map is probably not coming until December when what? they said. Well, uh, yeah, they, they they've said. I, everyone's like Tyler Daggers. No, because ah. they, they they said this. They said this that there will be a new map or a new setting every episode. The episode doesn't uh. end until December, so December will probably be when we get our newest map and agent and episode. So most likely December, unless they you know. Listen to the community. You're like, oh, maybe we'll release a new map early, but I wouldn't expect something the new. Community's map behind wise. me. That's all yeah. I heard from them. Oh, yeah. Chat well, hates yeah. Tyler right now. Chat hates no. Tyler right now. You burst their bubble. You ruin their lives I mean, right now. I mean, I mean I'm very like you saw my face just fall. I'll be like, what? Well, no. Yeah, yeah. The, the fifth map is expected in the summer, maybe earlier, yeah. but. We That's will have. Too late. We're getting it. We're getting a new. We got Killjoy in August. Uh, Act three will begin in October, which will be our number thirteen agent, and then in December will be Act the, the end of episode one. Episode two will start in December, and we will get a new agent, number fourteen, and a new map. Hopefully, most likely. So. I'm not even thinking about maps. I, I I would love a map, obviously. I think that's the number one thing for almost everyone, including pros. You know, people who play for fun, like new maps, make them for more interesting strategies, more interesting games, a better esports scene. But we're not going to get one, so I'm not even looking into that. What I want from this act. <laughs> by, the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, wait. To maps greater than agents, because I think that yes. is actually huge for game design. Well, yeah. So before much more important. I just want to add that uh, a, a poll was put into our Twitch chat by our esteemed producer Thomas. What should Riot add next? Ninety-two percent of people said more maps over yeah, more words. Of course. Let's I mean, let's let's not act like we're like creating something new here. Like every if you go into battle, every other day, it's like I'm like. Is anyone here, guys? Does anyone think that we need more maps and more agents? Like, obviously, yes. Everyone in the world thinks there should be more maps and agents, but agents sell money. People pay to play these agents. People play for these new characters. You don't pay for new maps. A new map will be coming to summer. I'm sorry I'm being such a killjoy here, but it's going to take a few months. Wow. And I know, people are saying, I know people yeah. are saying we need community maps. Riot's well, already shut that down as well. I know you guys want Christmas to be in July, but it's not coming. They're not getting a new map. There's wow. no community maps on the way. Wow. They've already shut it down. 
We live in Riot Games utopia where right, we're so, going to make all the maps. So, 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 so Tyler, the Valorant Grinch, tell us what yeah. you would put into this next act. I, I, I want a better rank system. And I know they're giving us our triangles yes. and, oh, my God, we're going to get, you know, ooh, colorful triangles for your act. Oh, boy. We need a leaderboard system. I don't care if I need, I don't need a leaderboard system in silver, gold, where all the clubs are like us. But we need a leaderboard <laughs> system up in the upper echelon. We need it where yeah. radiant players are. Because here's the thing that we've already seen very early on in Valorant is you only need to play 20 games to get ranked in <laughs> Valorant. Unlike in League of Legends, where if you want to get a ranked account to play, it's going to take you 30, 40 hours. You can get, you know, 20 ranked games in a day if you grind really hard. And what's happened is that we have people like Wardell, love Wardell, one of the biggest streamers right now in value. He's grown from 100 viewers to 10,000 plus every stream, killing out there. But Wardell, what Wardell's doing is when he hits Radiant, there's no reason to play more if you hit Radiant because, A, your queue time is now going to be forever because you're only going to get matched up with really highly ranked players. And in any given time, there's only so many matches to go around. And B, there's no there's no ranking system to show yeah. is he better than A, B, C, or D. If there was, he would continue playing on that account to be number one in NA. Because then you have that distinction, right? Because of this, what does Wardell do? Wardell just keeps on making Smurfs, which means he just makes Smurf one. <laughs> Smurf one goes to Radiant. Smurf two goes to Radiant. Smurf three. He's made five Radiant accounts. He has hit Radiant in five different accounts. And who can blame him? That's the only interesting content you can make when you hit Radiant because you either have to bite the bullet and just be like, okay, I'm just going to try to get the best games possible by waiting 40 minutes for a Radiant game, or you just make a smurf like Kiko, Wardell, and almost everyone else does because they want to play games, and there's no incentive to get higher in Radiant because you don't know. Obviously, BlitzGG, there's an open API. I'm sure there will be OPGGs and other sites that will actually start ranking players, but we need an official leaderboard in the game for these players to actually have an incentive because the pro players, as much as we want to, like, you say, oh, isn't, you know, we have to care more about the plebs. There's more silver and gold players and yeah. there's radiant players. But people watch the radiant players. People want to tune into Hiko and, and Wardell and want them to see have stakes. How much fun would it be if it, if it was, you know, we have, what, August 4th. Act 2 is about to start, the end of Act 1. How much fun would it be if Wardell and Hiko on August 3rd were racing for the number one spot in N.A.? And that's just Amazing. those two. Amazing. It'd be so much fun to watch these top players race for the number one spot to be on the number one player in NA for Act 1. But there's not. And that sucks. And what we have is Wardell and his Smurf army just taking all the radiant spots. And that's not something I'm sure that Riot really likes. And, and, and by the way, okay, I want to give my thoughts on uh, what I would add here. But the first thing is, it sounds impressive that Wardell has five radiant accounts. But he really should if he's doing that. Because he's beating uh, gold and diamond immortal players that he would be beating anyway. So it's not like it's like super impressive. He's just doing this five thing, same thing five times though. We, because he doesn't though. have to it's leave. Impressive. It's impressive it's in that impressive. he did it. It's not impressive like, in the sense that he should many... do it. He's Wardell. He's one of the best <laughs> players not, in the world. As there are in League of Legends, but it's still pretty impressive. Yeah, but it's he's Wardell. That's what I'm saying. He's Wardell. He's like one of the top five best players in the entire world. Of course, he can make 20 Smurf accounts and he should have 20 Radiant accounts because he's Wardell. Right? Like, if he gr if he grinds the game enough, which he does on stream, of course he's going to get that many accounts because the leaderboard doesn't exist. I agree with you. To add to the point, though, 
What I would like to see, and I'm going to answer this from the fan perspective, which may not like this as much, and the player perspective that would absolutely love it. I think there should be something to do in the game while you're waiting in queue. So whether you're able to go in the range, whether you're able to go to spike rush, a knife fight, deathmatch, doesn't matter. Something to do while you are waiting in queue. That is great for the player because then you can entertain yourself while you're waiting upwards of several minutes trying to find a game. For the player or for the viewer, though, I will say that Wardell and other streamers are their most engaging while they are waiting for games. So I hope that part of it doesn't lose because Wardell has answered some really good questions while on stream, while he's waiting for a game. So that's valuable information, say, to someone like us because we like hearing Wardell's insights on certain things. Like, I'll give you an example. Tens and Sinatra were on stream right after the uh, last tournament that Sentinels won, right? And or the PAX Arena, I should say. And both of them were like talking about it and answering questions about it. Hey, why did you pick Viper in the last map, etc.? What about the 1v3 sick, etc.? And like Sinatra and Tens were like breaking it down, but they were doing it while they were waiting for games. And and we may not have gotten that at least as ex- easily had that not happened. So I do agree, though, ultimately, we should have some, some sort of entertainment while we're waiting in queue. Not for us, because it takes 30 seconds to find the game, because we're all in silver and bronze yeah, and iron. Like, but I, I mean, it would be an iron art, I mean. That's <laughs> uh, a real iron. I mean, wait, wait, iron, what? iron? What are you talking about? <laughs> no one's iron here. I, I, no, iron. absolutely I'm not. I am not. I'm not oh iron here. God. Just saying. Excuse, excuse you, <laughs> please. I, m- like Moses said, there's no iron twos in the chat here. Please, come on. Uh, let's get to our clip of the week, uh, Fion. What did you pick for us? Ooh, clip of the week. And I think it, it's more. There's more than just one clip, but for this clip, it has to be tens at the Pax Arena Invitational in the final for Sentinels, where. There's an argument, we're talking about best players in the world. Is Ward now top five in the world? Is Tens top five in the world? You can argue who the best in the world is, especially with, you know, no international competition, Mixwell artists. Uh, you have Laz over over in Japan. Like, there's some insane aimbots everywhere in the world. But there's no more valuable player to a team in any any Valorant team than Tens. If you take Tens out of Cloud9, they go from a finals contender to probably not even making playoffs most of the time. He is by far the most valuable player in Valorant, and this clip just kind of showcases that. Where he plays a sheriff. The team has no economy. This is a forced buy. If they lose this round, the game is essentially over. They get picked off instantly to 3v5, and what does Tens do? He just goes god mode. He goes insane with the ultimate where he does this a lot and he did this a lot in the final versus sentinels where when his economy was down he let the other players on his team buy rifles he would buy a share he would pop his ult and he would go to work and in this one play he turns a 95 percent or even greater loss into a one round just because of his own talent no one else on this team really helps him. It's just him going in, making plays, and he did this over and over and over again on that ascent map, and in, in particular, where if Tens doesn't make a few of those plays, it's a 13-3 to blowout by Sentinels. It was just t- Tens' play on Jet on ascent in, in particular is just, it's beautiful. He understands the character more than any other person, I believe, right now in Valorant. And just from... Not only this play, but if you watch him in his, his execute on A, where he is floating through the smoke, where he will aggressively smoke and run through the smoke up into balcony, into heaven, and just push hard. And people aren't ready for that kind of aggression a lot of times. So 
for me, Tens is I call him I call him the magician because he pulls magic out of hats every single time he plays for Cloud Nine. And there's might be better players in the world. You can argue Wardell, you can argue Artist, you can you know argue Laz. But for me, there's no more valuable player on a team than Tens. Definitely the disparity, like the disparity between Tens and the rest of the. Not I'm not knocking the rest of Cloud Nine, at least the announced players. But Tens is in a level of his own, like that. It, it, it it's almost as if he's it's like LeBron it, like you like you said Latenz James and the Cleveland That's Cavaliers it. in the late two thousands like he Br- wills his team. his team he wills he his team. Wills exactly then exactly. that clip shows it where yeah. two players instantly down three v five if Arda was in the game he'd be ffing right now he'd be like I'm done yep, but I'm no out. Tens Tens says it's time to go the go find floats in wins the round by himself I would reach quit at this point if we lost two that fast. It, <laughs> Literally, and he's the thing, of, and I think we can talk about this a little bit more, is that for other teams, like for Wardell exactly, I call TSM the, the Louis Vuitton team. They're the Gucci team, where they need those high-end products to get the job done. Where Tens, all he needs sometimes is a, is a ghost, a pistol, a judge, a bucky. He gets, it done, he gets the job done with any sort of gun in the game, and that's what makes him so great for me. Speaking of guns, let's go to a segment we like to call Who's Got the Shot? Speaking of 10s, we'll end up in some uh, conversation here. So we picked three categories of weapons in the game, and we are going to name the players that come to mind based off of those weapons. Feel free to join in on chat. What is the first name you think of uh, when you think of the weapon that I'm about to name? Emily, let's start with you on this one. When I say operator, first player that comes to mind is... Uh, oh, I was going to say artist, but um, I thought I had the judge. But anyway, um, okay. <laughs> artist is, oh. the, is the first uh, player that comes to mind when I think operator. I think uh, the fact that Fish123, like we've talked about this several times, um, when Fish123 lost him as their primary op, it actually really hurt uh, their team and they kind of had to reconfigure uh, despite the addition of Scream, they really had to try to figure out how they wanted to play without their primary operator. Um, I actually think that Artis is the best player in the game right now. I don't know if that's a controversial opinion or not, um, but he is just absolutely lights out with the op, and Artis immediately just comes to mind for me. Tyler, how about for you? I mean, I already talked about him so much. I, I might be his hype man here. It is 10. I mean, <laughs> Are you his manager? Are you his agent? I mean, I should be. He's, I mean, he's going to be making a lot of money in this game. He's going to be making a lot of money in his career in Valorant as this game continues to get bigger and bigger. But for me, it, it's 10. And obviously, I think he was that primary operator player for the first month or two on, on C9. And you can still consider him the primary operator. Him and Mitch kind of trade off on the role now. But... For me, when it comes to just slickness of the operator and how many times I just, like, shake my head at what he's doing, there's no player that uses the operator and has as many nasty clips as Ted's. Artist might be a bit cleaner. He might be that primary operator player along with Mitchell, very similar to how they trade off in that role. But for me, there's no player that screams operator masterclass other than Ted's. There's another player that I'm sure you're going to bring up Arda right now. Yes. The, the Canadian rivalry between the two best operator players in North America. But for me, Tens has made me shake my head in disbelief more often than not. So I'm going to go with Tens for the operator player. Yeah, in terms of highlights for me, uh, you got to go with, and chat uh, definitely spammed this <laughs> yeah. name as well. Actually, yeah. it was a mix between Tens and Wardell. So I'll go with Mercedes oh. AMG. 
Yeah. Uh, so no one the likes my AMG. Pick. I take offense. No, Artist is the hipster pick. I, I think that that is, is the that is the rarefied like He's that is so the good. refined the taste pick. Okay, Artist is the refined taste uh, pick. I I've sampled all the bottles of wine, and this is the good the right one. Uh, but for Wardell, for the Mercedes AMG, <laughs> what I like about him is I think he like. I don't know if this is a stat, but like in terms of the jiggle peak and in terms of being able to protect yourself with the op, he might be the best at it in the game. Like there's there's certain times where I'm just like, this is certain death for Wardell. And then he just gets himself out of the situation with the op. Like he is such a clean operator player and also just to be able to peak at the right times. I don't know if he has x-ray on. I don't know if he just knows when to do it properly. Like Wardell is just an absolute beast when it comes to to peaking and the jiggle peak. It's absolutely phenomenal. And by the way, for those curious, uh, he has so far in his career, and this is thanks to our friends at VLR.gg, he has played 728 professional rounds on Jet, Tyler, and his KD is 1.57. Unbelievable. Like he's just like, he just collects stats. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't die. And I do think uh, when we talk about the pack that we're going to have invitational, his. Uh, jiggle peeking his aggress uh, his aggressive play on the operator was one of the reasons why uh, TSM did falter so harshly and almost kind of should have lost to Envy in the quarterfinals. But I do say he is very much a you know glass cannon player where when when Wardell is on when Ward deals feeling himself when he's pumped himself up when he's yelling when he's saying the you know expletive after expletive after expletive yeah the, when when he's at his his peak Wardell form this this Tyler one persona that he's kind of taken over and become this 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 the expletive god of the op he he's unstoppable he's the best player in the game but there's also times where that aggression that confidence can get the best of him which happened at pax arena where envy and most importantly sentinels both took him out in his aggressive play so i i do i think wardell is one of the best characters i'm gonna go with tens i think tens wardell and artists are all good choices there's also mixwell uh, Mame from Envy should get a shout out. I think he's one of the fastest rising operator players in NA. And Mame actually got a lot. Like we talk about Wardell getting the best of players with those, you know, aggressive operator plays. Mame, him and in Wardell were going back and forth with their overly aggressive plays on Haven with that with the operator play. So I want to show you a shout out to Mame. He's he's one of the fastest rising operator players in NA. So yeah, t- Wardell had a bad tournament. Uh, I know we're talking yeah. about this in Pax Arena, but uh, let's let's move on in the segment here. Uh, if I say, let me get to my point here. Actually, the first question I want to ask to chat is, which preference do you have for AR, Phantom or Vandal? I want to know which one. Phantom. I, I want to know which one chat uses. Phantom all day long. We're Phantom all Team all Phantom long. here. Is anybody Phantom. Team Vandal in the chat? That's what I want to know. Phantom because... for the spray for the like. You know, if you if you feel confident on your headshot, if you're Hiko, you play with the Vandal. If you if you if you're like me, who it's like headshots 12% of the time, not, not I'm going to play with the Phantom. I'm going to get that spray yeah. down. So so if I say Phantom, I mean, let's let's add both of them in this category. Mm-hmm. But if I say Phantom and or Vandal, mm-hmm. Tyler, the first person to come to mind is? Corey. He is, in my question, I think that obviously because he didn't play in the Pax Arena event facial, some people have forgotten about my boy out there on phase. Phase is growing. They got Marvin Zachary. The team's coming together. Phase Invitational is a week away. We're going to see the debut, hopefully, the full five-man Phase uh, roster. And I think in terms of just pure mechanics on the rifle and pure mechanics in general, Corey 
I think he might be the best in the world. It's just pure mechanics when it comes to aim. He is a... I've talked to so many pro players who say, you have less than a second to kill him or you're dead. And if you've seen some of his clips, where it, it feels like he is walking on air with his hand, where it does, you don't understand some of the flicks he gets. He's the flick god in this game. And I do think because of the he's only played in one professional tournament, that being back in the first edition series, the T1X uh, Nursery Gamer Showdown, where they finished fourth with a trial team. I believe that in a few weeks from now, when we're talking about best players in the world, we are going to be talking about Corey because the man is on a mission. He is the flick god. And if I wasn't putting anyone on a rifle, it's going to be him. Yeah, the only reason I didn't pick Corey was because Tyler picked Corey. I think we all yeah. agree that Corey is a pretty much a god at this game. We can't wait to see him next week. Emily, who's the first name that comes to mind for you? Uh, I don't know if it's the first name that comes to mind, but I wanted to use this opportunity to give food a shout out because I think he's like very quietly one of the more insane players. Like he's really smart about how he plays. Um, And I feel like despite the fact that I know T1, you know, like started off when we were talking about PAX Arena last week as it was going on, uh, we were like T1's looking like one of the best teams. And then obviously they did not perform as well once they got out of groups. Um, but I think food is really, really good at this game. I think he's going to evolve to be like one of the smarter players in it. Like one of those, like, again, uh, you said, you said artist is a hipster pick. I feel like food is my actual <laughs> hipster pick, you know, Definitely. because people aren't going to be like, wow, like food, he's lighting the world on fire, et cetera, et cetera. But he's become quietly one of my favorite players to watch actually. Uh, and I think he does so much for this T1 team. Um, and I think he's really, I, I like his approach to the game. I think he's really smart about it. So um, I want to give food a shout out, despite the fact that uh, I, do, I do think there are going to be better riflers than him in the game. Um, I wanted to uh, have this opportunity to talk about food a bit. Yeah, it's cool. It's nice to prop up uh, to people that may not normally get their love. I know that a lot of people See, are saying yeah, Brax in the say, chat, this for example. This is the actual hipster pick. Uh, and, and Brax, obviously. Like, But yeah, this is like the actual weird hipster pick. Like, Emily, yeah. what the expletive are you talking about? Uh, mine is mine is Hiko. Uh, I would have picked Corey, obviously, like I said, but mm. Hiko is uh, my next pick. And and I think this is based on legacy a little bit because 100 Thieves haven't had the best results recently. But uh, you still can't deny Hiko's body of work. And also, he still remains to me somebody that I would pick if I'm in a clutch situation. If, I, if you said to me every single round in Valorant, you can win a million dollars, but you start in a 1v4 every round, but you get to pick that one, I would pick Hiko would be my first choice. Because I just think he has the clutch gene. I think that he's very calm in, most of, in, in, in those situations. And his aim is... Is, is godly as well. So I, yeah, I mean, I think Hiko can be an obvious pick here. I think that recency bias would say that uh, people might have sort of slid under the radar with him and not given him his due just because there's so many other players to talk about. But we got to give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, totally agree. He's, uh, yeah. If there's a 1v3 and there's a championship on the line, he's one of the top players I would want with the, with the gun in his hand. And the man can hit, uh, he can... He has all the mechanics still at 30 years old, showing that, you know, you don't lose your, your aim at 30. He's, he's proven it out there for all the 30-year-olds out there. He, he's, he is the clutch. He is the man, and knows how to get done. I, I should, yes, actually, also, he's also part of the Boomer Club with a three in front of his age. So shout out yeah. to that. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, let's go 
let's go yeah phantom over vandal thank you thomas uh basically chat was all team phantom there were maybe a couple of vandals in there but really this is the phantom club yeah phantom the, the phantom fam sure all right, specialist guns. What are some guns? Here's a question for you. What are some? This is the question I'd like to and 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 chat. Feel free to join in here too. What are some guns that you would not have thought you would see played to uh, perfection in competitive play? Because we've talked about the op, we've talked about the ARs. Those are ones that are like typical picks that you would expect to see. What are some guns that you? perhaps didn't think you would ever see in professional play, but you have seen some players absolutely destroy it with them. Emily, let's start with you on this. So I mentioned this previously, but uh, this is probably one of my most hated guns to play against because it feels so bad. Like you're, you're going, you're like about to peek around the corner and someone just judges you in the face and it's terrible. And it just feels worse than any other death ever uh but yeah tens with the judge uh is it for me um i did not expect to see the judge being used much whatsoever um and you know like i i feel like people don't necessarily deny the power of it but like you know 99 percent of the time there's going to be a better choice and you know tens has made the judge his own despite the fact that it is like honestly the most tilting experience for me personally to get like judged uh <laughs> when I'm playing and, and you know it works as uh, an adjective as well or uh, it works as a verb as well as a gun so you know it's a it's a fun time but yeah tens of the tens of the judges my pick Tyler, I got one for you. You know mm -hmm. how Simo likes to say Judge Jetty, right? Yeah, yeah. And and, and I know how you like <laughs> your I, I like I know how you like your music references. If you watch mm -hmm. the trivia show, you know all about getting knocked down and getting back up again. Yeah. Here's one for you. I don't think you're ready for Judge Jetty. The weapon's too fragalicious for you, babe. I don't understand this reference. I am reference. such a boomer. Oh my god. I'm, 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 I'm in my 20s still. I'm it's still. A Fer, it's a Fergie reference, right? Oh. Yes? Oh, no. oh Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas. Is that Black Eyed Peas? Is it? You have, you have got it? to be kidding me. <laughs> I got it. I got it. It's Destiny's okay. Child. Oh, oh my no. gosh, booty lotus? No, I, I was like, Wait. I was like twelve. I, thought it was I was like, like yeah. can no. you handle this? Ask, no, oh my, come on, people, Chad, can you at least help me out? No. Tyler's no. leaving no. me hanging. No. Don't help him out. Uh, uh nope. My, my pick is the Sinatra Odin. Okay, uh, that's an easy pick. Uh, I am an Odin aficionado myself. Tyler you will are. tell you we play Valorant yeah. every night. Yeah. And I request the Odin after round five, and he never <laughs> buys it for me. Not her. He Not shouldn't. Once. No. Uh, so, Tyler, you're doing God's work here. Yeah. Now, don't Tyler, forget, you, yeah. Don't forget you always buy an Aries after losing pistol round two. Where, where you, yes, I do, I do, I do. Force buy. Like, it's like, they'll never expect the aliens around you after the Oh my god. Uh, Sinatra definitely doesn't do that. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, you have said, uh, rightfully so, Sentinels is the most exciting team mm -hmm. in Valorant right now. And in part, uh, that is due to some unorthodox picks and plays. Mm -hmm. And Sinatra definitely falls within that. 
uh, with the Odin, and I absolutely love it. I know that it slows you down. I know that it's hard to handle the the spray at times, but for me, uh, I just love the way that Sinatra plays with the Odin. It's very fun. It's very exciting. So, yeah, Odin gang for life. Let's go. Odin goes burr. Odin Odin goes burr. Odin goes burr. And I, I think it does sum up Sentinels very well. And actually, my special aspect also is Sentinels, and obviously, in, in all, on, it also is Sinatra. While he doesn't use this as um, as majority of his pistol gun, I do love him playing the Frenzy on Phoenix, especially, mm-hmm. where I'm a Frenzy guy, too. I know people like the ghosts. They like the classics. They have a bit of money in the pistol rounds. I have the Frenzy. I like, I like to play aggressive. I like to run in. I don't necessarily trust my shot from long range a lot of times, so I don't like picking the ghost. I always feel like I'm shooting pellets at the other player when I'm on the ghost, the sound. Eh. Frenzy, though, all in the frenzy. And Sinatra is one of the few players in pro to actually pick it up during those pistol rounds. Getting those reel-off kills. If you can get someone's face of a frenzy, you're almost guaranteed to kill if you can just pop up on them. It's annoying to play against, very similar to the Judge and the Odin. And it's just another little thing about Sentinels that makes them a bit different than every other team. They, they throw a little bit of curveballs at you. They throw curveballs at you all the time to kind of make you not feel comfortable. And in Valorant, if you can make another team feel uncomfortable, that's where you want to be. When they're on their back foot, they don't know where you're coming from, what you're playing, and who and where is people going to execute at the very, at where people are going to execute where and when. That's when you would just own another team. And when you can just pick the Frenzy, the Odin, the Ares, like Sinatra does, and just throws curveballs at the other team while running, playing back, it just it, it's chaos for the other team. And that's why Sentinels, for me, is the number one team in NA right now. I'm not saying they're the undisputed team in NA. I think NA, from 1 to 10, as we talk about my power rating show of CMO on Monday, I think there is a lot of upset potential between even the top 10 and top 15, where I think Sentinels could lose. They lost a T1 Academy in a tournament not too long ago at the Pulse Invitational. Uh, T1's Academy team, which is very good and on the rise. So I think right now Sentinels have that curveball, but I do think NA is so jumbly right now that anyone can be anyone on any given day. With that said, as we transition to the PAX Invitational, to to the point about your power ranking show, which is mm-hmm. on every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern, and I believe Emily will be Monday's guest, mm-hmm. uh, breaking down know. all things after the mandatory because cup. So definitely tune in. Europe. Europe. <laughs> Let's go. So that's every Monday. Definitely tune in. Uh, you get fresh power rankings. It's going to be your power rankings this Monday. The one thing I will say about Sentinel's win, and, and, and we can give one point each on the PAX Invitational here. Mm. The one thing I will say about the Sentinel's win this past weekend is I think we're slowly but surely reaching the point where one tournament win is no longer going to be the basis for the power getting number one in the power rankings. So we're getting a, mm. enough body of work where we're starting to shake that down. But if there was one tournament where you could... Uh, make a blueprint to earn that number one spot if you weren't in it already. Sentinels did it mm. by not only defeating the number one team, but basically beating all the teams they needed to beat or the teams that beat the teams to get there. So that's why Sentinels, to me, where it was the firm number one, and I agreed with both of you and Simo, Tyler, that they did exact. They they followed that blueprint to a T, doing exactly what they needed to do to be considered number one as we stand today. So that's, that, that's, I, I thought that there was a really good tournament for them. And also a good tournament for viewership. Mm. They peaked at 75 yep. to 80,000. Yeah, above 80,000. They did in great numbers. And I've said this for a few weeks now where you look at the Twitch growth. It's organic. It keeps growing. It's averaging around 75,000 to 80,000 
a day with, you know, just streams, the esports scene still growing. If you go on YouTube, which I think is actually a sneaky way to see how big the game is growing, if you look at highlights for the tournaments, they're all over 100K, which is more than most other esports, including League of Legends and CSGO to an extent, where I think there is a, a large audience that wants to watch Valorant esports. It's just them finding the tournament, knowing when the tournament is, because when, you know, we're having all these invitationals from PAX and FaZe and T1 who are not, you know, traditional tournament organizers, it's difficult for fans to really find where those tournaments are. Where I'm sure even people in chat who are watching the show don't know exactly what every tournament is or where they can go on Twitch to find it. So hopefully as this continues to grow and more people start seeing Valorant Esports and finding these matches out, the numbers will continue to grow from 80K, hopefully to 100K, maybe for the FaZe Invitational. If, you know, FaZe and 100 Thieves and all those teams do well who have big-name players on them. I'm very uh, optimistic about the growth of the game in North America and other regions like C, Japan, uh, Western Europe is doing really well, Oceania. Uh, some regions like Korea are on the greatest of terms currently. Maybe they can be, I know the first Ignition Series event for Korea is coming in August. So maybe if, if that can boost up the numbers in Korea... But I think right now, Riot and Valorant is a good place esports-wise. But for me, my main storyline coming out of PAX Arena Invitational is TSM. The Louis Vuitton team, the Gucci, the double operators, uh, Wardell playing with that aggressive peaking style with his op. And they were playing disrespectful at times in uh, the tournament. I want to shout out again to a friend and great uh, uh, content creator in the Valorant space currently, Sideshow. Uh, famous for his commentary on Overwatch League. He's kind of stepped up as being one of the first field analytical minds in Valorant. He had a video come out today where, talking about how disrespectful TSM played with the operator in the Pax Arena Invitational Tournament. And I cannot agree more where they were playing so, so aggressive, not using their flashes, not using any sort of utility to peek or, or play around things, where it was very much where Wardell would just peek and take the 1v1 and, and try to be better at his reaction time and for in during the first tournament the t1x uh, you know nursery gamers that worked he was on fire drone was getting those first bloods inconsistently when paired with uh, you know Hayes color with his phoenix and everything was rolling this tournament those peaks those aggressive plays those you know overconfident plays weren't working as well they played they got lucky to survive envy where both of those matches went down to the wire and then with sentinels Sentinels had a game plan to keep their economy down from the get-go, won all four pistol rounds against TSM, never let Wardell feel comfortable playing that aggressive style, throwing so many bodies at them, pushing them out of sights, taking sights, and making the, the operator, when TSM could even buy the operator, feel very worthless when retaking a sight. So TSM, for me, I'm excited to see how they game plan and grow from this because I know a lot of people are, 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 are kind of just looking down on TSM why were they ranked number one? Overrated. Wardell can only play the off. And I do agree that Wardell needs to show more play on the rifle, where we've seen 10s play every single gun in the game. You know, you have Sinatra playing 12 different guns. He's playing the Frenzy, the Odin, the Ares, everything. And Wardell, when he was on the rifle, when they didn't have the line to buy the operator, he looks human. He looked like a player that you, you know, he looked like someone. He didn't look like Wardell. He didn't look like the self, the person that was the MVP of the Nerd Street Gamers Showdown. So... For me, I want to see TSM, who I think are a very talented team. I don't care what Jacob says about Hayes and Cutler. I still think those two players are good. I especially Cutler. Don't, don't look down Cutler. Clutcher. Clutchler will rise again, Jacob. Clutchler will rise again. So I still have hope in TSM, but I do want to see them come out with some more 
different game plans. I don't want to see them be so reliant on the double up setup going into the next ignition series tournament. So piggybacking on that, I'll I'll go with my next, which is actually really quick because uh, you and Arda already touched upon it, and it's that. Um, I think what we're seeing now in North America, and again, we've talked about this before, but this tournament really, really proves it, is that we have a cluster of teams that are all vying for the top position. So um, that was my main takeaway, is that where TSM was, like, I think pretty heavily favored going into this tournament, the teams that we were talking about already, like, as the tournament was going on on the show last week, is, like, we were, like, Homeless is looking surprisingly good. Immortals are looking great in their group. Sentinels are looking great in their group. And T1 is looking great in their group. And, you know, T1 and Immortals both lost in the quarterfinals. You have this really great, strong cluster of teams with a lot of talent at the top of North America. And I hope they continue to push each other to get um, some more interesting looks and compositions. And I think... Sentinels really started the ball rolling with that this week, where previously I've always been um, really high on what European teams have done, like Fabrican, for example, and the Sageless comps when they lost their main operator. Um, and that's like how it evolved, right? Where they were like, well, why don't we just not play Sage? Uh, and it, it was great, right? Like uh, I, I've always seen Europe, uh, especially recently, as like the more innovative of the two like kind of major regions that have cropped up in Valorant. Um, but this past week I saw more creativity from NA teams, which was really nice to see. I hope they continue to push each other because we do have this cluster of teams at the top. And that was my main takeaway. The uh, creativity continued in the very last map of the game on split uh, where tens chose Viper as his agent. Yeah. And a lot of people were confused by that. Uh, I do want to, uh, I had a chance to watch both Tens and Sinatra streams immediately after that match. They both went live on Twitch, and they both had things to say about it. So Tens basically said that Sinatra is probably the hardest player to play against in Valorant. And he said he plays Phoenix very aggressively. Uh, we were caught off guard by his aggressive push with Phoenix in particular. And by the way, Sinatra's played 36% of his professional games on Phoenix and has a 240 average combat score. Mm -hmm. To that, he said, uh, I, I, we, had to make some, we had to make a change. We had to try something different to try to catch them off guard to counteract them catching us off guard with their aggressive play. So they were hoping that Viper would be able to slow it down, particular with the Viper's pit uh, and the alt, etc. So that was one of the reason. that was the main reasoning behind using Viper. Sinatra had a funnier line when, uh, when asked about it. He said, we knew they were going to do something stupid on split, a random change, and they probably hoped it worked. Yeah. So, uh, kind of the same. <laughs> kind of same. And I... I think they're crafting right. It works, right? Where you have an, a, a very aggressive team. Their centerpiece player, Sinatra, is the most aggressive player probably in Valorant, along with Tens. And the idea was to slow them down. Let's play on Split, where Vipers, Walls, and Orbs, and, you know, Contraptions can slow them down, hopefully. Uh, didn't work out, and I think the main reason is that Tens is that MVP player. Uh, if LeBron James is, you know, trying to get his team involved and just not shooting the ball, and he's, you know, just passing up, you know, easy layups, it team is probably not going to do that well. And it felt the same with Tens, where C9 needs that aggressive playmaking Tens, that guy who can pull a round from out of nowhere, from out of a hat. That's why he's a magician. 
is because he can just take rounds from nowhere. And when you're on Viper, you're playing much more control, slower style. And when the C9 needed that, you know, jump start, when they lose, when they, you know, tends to get straight out because he's playing something that's a bit more slow and more controlled, it doesn't work. And there was no, there was no secondary player on the team that could step up into that entry, that main ace role with Viper, uh, with tens on Viper. So, uh, I like the theory crafting in, in sense it works, but I can also see Sinatra laughing it off. It's like, oh, you're taking your best player off an aggressive agent and mm-hmm. making it easier us for us to roll you. Great, thank you, thank yeah. you for <laughs> thank, thank you, you very for much. Being here, I'm sure <laughs> when they saw that they were they're, they were laughing because it's like you would much rather play tens on Viper than tens <laughs> on Jet because tens yeah. on Jet or even Rays. That mayhem, that's chaos. That is 100 miles per hour running at you with mechanics of a god. Where with Viper, it's like, oh, there's a poison orb. Oh, there's a wall. Ooh, the jello. It's like, it almost kill them. Like, I think in theory it was good, but I also can agree that in practice and actual execution, C9 needs tends to be that fire starter, and he wasn't there on Viper. So, good try. So Viper on Viper tens has an average combat score of two seventy four point three, a one point three KD. So still pretty good. But on Jet, yeah. where he is an absolute artist and every map is his canvas, uh, three oh five average yeah. combat score and one point four seven KD. So uh, we have something very fun planned for you at the end of the show. Before we get there, though, let's give some quick thoughts on the Mandatory Cup, which is Europe's next big tournament happening this weekend, and then uh, also the uh, phase tournament that's happening in a week from now. We won't spend too much time on that because we'll talk about that on next week's show. By the way, we're live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Emily, the Mandatory Cup, we got 128 European teams, 15,000 euro cash prize, and uh, we have a lot of teams that you would expect from Europe to be in this, but also some like weird, like, like party parrots disbanded, they're in the tournament. Fish one, mm-hmm. two, three is in the tournament. We haven't heard the team liquid no, announcement CEO, yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 a couple of uh, eyebrow raising teams here. But uh, when you look at the tournament, what pops out for you? Um, I mean, this is kind of a last like hurrah. We talked about this off camera, but like this is kind of a last hurrah for party parrots and Fabrican based on what they themselves have said, which is because they didn't get picked up, um, they'll be disbanding in the near future. Um, these are two teams that I've absolutely loved watching in Europe. Uh, obviously, I've talked about Fabrican several times uh, when talking about Sageless compositions. Uh, last week, we talked a lot about Party Parrots because they were the major, you know, announcement that they were disbanding, and and possibly the fact that uh, it could also be because um, of CIS visa issues. We don't know that for a fact, but that could be one of the reasons why. Um, I mean, I think like Shao, uh, specifically from party parrots is insane. You know, I hope, I hope someone picks him up. Um, I really love the Fabrican team too. So it's going to be like weirdly bittersweet, uh, if they, if they both do carry through with, you know, not staying together after this, um, which kind of like, you know, it kind of stinks. And then you have teams like need more DM bonk big that I'm looking forward to seeing how, uh, how they perform in this tournament as well. Um, and then, you know, some other names that people are all familiar mm. with, like NIP, Noel Pinky, who made a name for themselves last time. Um, Europe is really, there's G2 at the top and then it's pretty open. So we'll see if anyone this, uh, 
this week can really challenge G2. And Tyler, the team that you want in every EU tournament for the rest of time, Prodigy, is also here. Hey, man, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's, what, like 30 teams <laughs> in this tournament? That's fine. As a talent agency, it's fine for them. They've done a great job. Jerome's done an amazing job. When there's so many teams, I'm sure Prodigy is better than mo- at least half of these teams in this competition. Sure. So I have, I have no mind for it. For me, this, this, this tournament feels a bit awkward. It's like the middle school. Of, of tournaments where like you have grade school which is important high school is important college is important middle school is that kind of that awkward age where everyone goes through puberty that no one knows really what they're doing they're kind of just getting ready for high school no one really cares about the grades that's kind of what this tournament is where you have teams on the on the horizon where we're still waiting for the team liquid announcement of fish one two three i can say that some of those top players from these you know fabrican and party parrot teams have already been signed or in the process of signing that a, uh, a new team, a new super team, so to speak, could be on the, the menu, which is one of the reasons why these two great uh, amateur teams have to split up because their top players got you know sought after and picked up. Uh, so this feels like a very weird tournament where some of the top teams in the tournament are you know disbanding after this event. So uh, it's a very weird, awkward time where everyone's going through puberty. You know, G two still is that very is is quite puggy. They, they're very like they're so free flowing and they're not been punched in the mouth yet. Kind of like TSM, where TSM was able to play double operator, play that Gucci lifestyle, and just play overly aggressive of the operator because no one stopped them during the first tournament. Where I see very similar to G two, where they can play however they want until someone punches them in the mouth. So far, they're perfect. Artists can sit up there with his 10-on-10 finalist record. Every time he makes a final, he wins. Every turn he makes, he wins. So until they're punched in the mouth and they are forced to play differently and kind of reassess what they're doing, they can play this free-flowing, fun style that they're kind of uh, having right now in Europe. So this is a weird turn. I, I would say look out for Need More DM. I really like the Hungarian guys over there. I know they've been grinding hard. They're staying mm-hmm. up till like 4 a.m. in the morning qualifying for these tournaments. And it's another thing about Europe where these amateur teams like Need More DM, uh, a start from CS, Bonk, these teams have to qualify for a lot of these tournaments where they're staying up and playing 12 games a day and they're playing best of ones until 4 a.m. in the morning. So Europe right now is in a really weird, awkward position where I think NA... I don't want to, it's not based on skill. I think skill, we can still debate that till you know the first international tournament actually happens, hopefully sooner rather than later. But right now Europe's in an awkward place where there's a few pro teams, a new super team possibly on the horizon, a lot of these top amateur teams suspending after this tournament. So I think for me, I'm, my big thing is if Fish Fish One Two Three can improve from their placement at the uh, We Play Invitational, mm-hmm. I want to see if they have more a consistent operator play, or if they even need that operator play. And I want to see someone actually challenge G2, where G2 will lose a map, but they haven't lost a series yet. I want someone to punch them in the mouth and see how they respond from that. Because we saw that in, yep. in NA with T1 and TSM both being knocked yep. down at the uh, PAX Invitational. Let's see the G2 get pushed for once. And I, I'm looking at Nemo DM. I'm looking at Fish123. I'm looking at Big. I'm looking at Nip. Come on, punch them in the mouth. I want to see them have to face against <laughs> adversity for once. Because I love watching G2. I think they're hilarious. I love their free-flowing uh, Blitzkrieg uh, run-and-gun style. But I want to see them get pushed for once. And until someone can actually take a series off them, they can troll as much as they like and have as much fun as they like. Because they are the kings of Europe right now. And unlike NA, there's a number one, and then there's the rest. And where NA, it's a big gump of, like, just a, a, a big, you know, lump of teams. Where in Europe... 
no one's knocked out G2 yet until someone can finally take Argus, you know, finalist, you know, 10 out of 10 record out of the way. Uh, they're going to keep, you know, being number one, and there's no one uh, really to challenge them. Maybe that super team, maybe they know Zipan, Chow, if those two guys can get together, maybe something can happen. But for right now, G2 is the clear favorite for me coming to Mandatory Cup, and I would predict them to win. I have some super serious reporting that I'll get to oh. in just a second here. Extremely serious, like super capital, mm. capital, capital J journalism here. Um, I will say this uh, to your point about uh, knocking G2 or punching them in the face. Every, As Mike Tyson says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yep. So let's see what happens there. Uh, I do like some of the names here, like need more DM, looking for org, like blatant. Take a, take, take a look at us names. They are very clear in their intent for orcs to look at them and to sign them. I like that. I like the direction. I like the no-nonsense names. We are. We need more DMs from orcs. Looking for orcs. This is why we're here. I like it. Uh, so, on Looking for Org, the team of Turks, there is a Turkish player named Toronto. That caught my eye. Simo's eye as well. We're both Canadian from the same province. We wondered, why would there be a player from Turkey named Toronto? Is he from Toronto? Does he live in Turkey now? So, I did some digging, and I got in touch with Toronto, and I asked him in Turkish. He only speaks Turkish. I said, hey, why is your name Toronto? And he said, when he was a child, his dad would speak about Canada and how he enjoyed visiting there once upon a time when he went on vacation. And so it just became this dream of his to one day go to Toronto and visit Toronto. So oh. that was the inspiration behind his username. He still hasn't been, he said, but he plans to go with him and his brother sometime. So now you know. That's sweet. Good now story. You know. When you see that When you see the, yes, when you see the, yes, very heartwarming. So if you see that username, now you know. Let's get yeah, to this. They're um, actually quite right. good team, too. They're not just uh, like a the meme. or They're actually quite good. Looking for Org. Uh, they're probably some of the best Turkish players. Uh, I know Pora and, and Turco and some of those guys played on the Prodigy team that made top three yes. at the first uh, Vitality European Open tournament. So good players on the team. I actually could see those guys making a deep run. And, uh, and you know, uh, if any, and I'm sure Tur Turkey has a pretty big esports following, especially in League of Legends of Riot. So... You know, one good tournament, you could see some of those, you know, Turkish organizations maybe pick those guys up. So could be a good weekend for those guys. So we'll save we'll save the phase tournament conversation for next mm -hmm. week because that's really when we'll hear more teams announced and maybe some phase clan uh, team announcements. Infamous, I know you're in the chat. Maybe you can speed things up so we can talk about it by the time next week's show is on. <clears throat> uh, but shout out to him he's a great guy uh, so let's get to the last part of the show we're going to have a little bit of fun here what we're going to do is we're going to uh, which this will be one of the last shows that we do before the new agent is announced so or released released pardon me let's look at the agents that currently exist and let's do a 100% correct definitive you can print this on your fridge you take this as gospel this is the only tier list you will ever ever need let's rank every agent in the game and everybody in chat is going to agree 100 percent. there will be no debates right. we will get this done in three minutes are we so ready good. yeah all right okay wait, 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 wait. first this is from competitive right we're talking competitive pro play what are the best for pro play we're not just saying for pubs yeah, yeah, to make no, distinction. We're not including people like us who are. All right, so pro play. Well, yeah, if, if, yeah, if, if this was if this was us, yeah, Brimstone no. would have his own tier above <laughs> S. 
god tier brimstone because that's all i play but yes this is for yeah, competitive no. play only all right. All right. okay all right, let's start. Uh, well, let's start with Brimstone. Where, do, where does Brimstone land? Uh, my first thought, I'd say he's a strong A. I think he's yeah. A. I think S for me, S is like essential. It needs to be played on almost every single map. Uh, there's almost no there's almost no composition or map that that character doesn't fit on. I think Brimstone is still a backbone character for a lot of teams. I know Omen has kind of usurped him in a sense with a lot of it, when it comes to the King of Smokes, where Omen is seen as more of an aggressive more playmaking smoker that can do more than just brimstone staying in the back as, you know, that, you know, 40-year-old dad rooting on his team, throwing steam beacons down, trying to help him and throwing mollies, much more passive play style. Uh, but I still think he's A, maybe, maybe nearing B. I think maybe Killjoy coming into uh, the, the scene. I know Simo talked about this on our show on Monday, where maybe Killjoy might bump down Brimstone's play uh, play time even more and competitive with you know some of her utility with a better Molly perhaps with the covert Molly of her Nano Swarm. So I think for right now, I would at the end of Act One, I think from all the games we've seen and all the tournaments we've had, I think he's an A. He's been a crucial part of many winning teams. I think he deserves his A spot from my point of view. Do you think he's closer I to S or B? A- I think he's way closer to B. Like I yeah, think he's like a, yeah. a minus B plus because especially huh. like over um, in the We Play Invitational and now most recently at Pax Arena, um, we've seen Omen usurp him in a lot of yeah. situations, especially on like we've talked about how creative people are getting on Ascent because of mm-hmm. that like kind of wide open mid space and. Omen is absolutely perfect for that. Like we've ar- we had already seen him more on on uh, Split, like before Ascent was announced. Like we saw him a bit more in Split and Haven because those are kind of larger maps. Um, but Ascent, he has like for a lot of teams just straight up replaced Brim. Uh, and I think the like when you're looking at whether you want to go double smokes or double. Uh, double like sight so like double vision scouting uh most people have opted for like double vision uh depending on whether they're running sageless comps and i think that's why i would like i would still put him a tier but it's like an a minus b plus because of how the meta evolved towards the end of this act he's yeah i i think he's a i think we're i think he keeps his a rating because of his bind play Uh, i know you love i mean the most default play even like Arda, we know it. The 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 quick execute of smokes on U-Haul, <laughs> taking lamps control, being the stage wall up, the most most easy, the not most easy, basic one hundred and one play. Basic, on and it, from from silver to gold to pro play, that play works on almost every single level, and that's why he still. I think I still have him nay because he's still though. The one thing that that Omi doesn't have that beats Brimstone is that you can do a quick execute with three smokes down instantly with Brimstone and you attack yes. a site mm-hmm. where Omen only has two smokes and they're, you know, you can't do, you have to go one and then two. So for quick executes, especially on Bind, Brimstone is, you know, he was playing 86% of the time on Bind during the Pax Arena Invitational. So I think he keeps that area rating. I do think Killjoy might bump him down to B though. It's going to be very interesting to see how he survives in the Killjoy meta, unless he gets, you know, a buffer or I don't think so. I think he's pretty, I think he's in a very good state. I don't think anyone's complaining about Brimstone. 
I, I will say that he also is very useful on a sense for the double smoke comp, right? Yeah. For for Omen and and yeah, Grim. if you're yeah. if you're not going yeah, you know, I feel like more if you're not going yeah, to particularly feel, for Sageless comp, yeah, yeah, I feel a few more teams are moving away from the double smoker on a sense. We're seeing more variation where that was really the first like kind of like theory crafting it was like oh double smokes on an operator you know favorite map do it. I think we're seeing a little bit more. Uh, Omen play on Ascent over Brimstone if you don't want to have double smokers, but A-tier, good job, Brimstone. You're a pretty boring agent to play, but you, you've, you've done it. You've, you've done it. You've done it. A-tier, guy. You watch out or I'll open up the skies, okay? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I find Brim incredibly yeah. beautiful. Uh, by, the way, the by the way, by the way, by the way, the top three pros by average combat score with Brimstone, uh, Superman on Homeless, uh, yep. 249. Marved on FaZe Clan is at 241. And Sabrosa, TSM, 236. Yep. Uh, our next great. agent is... Who do we have, Thomas, our esteemed producer? Who is our next agent? Omen is our next Ooh. agent. Let's talk Omen. I am going A. Significantly, a. significantly uh, buffed a. from a, a month ago, for sure. I think he like would not be a, a, a month ago. So, like, I, he's an A, but you have to put him above Brimstone. So, put him above Brimstone in the A rating for me, personally. I'll be going to agree or disagree from this, but he really, as we talked about, he's usurped Brimstone as the king of smokes. Uh, just he's, he's so useful. You can play him defensively. You can play him offensively. When it comes from his playmaking potential, he is, he is a agent where we're seeing so many variants from how you can play him. He's an all-around agent, in my mind, where you have... So many in his flash is one of the best in the game. You can play it. He's a, he's an agent where where Brimstone you had to play him passively just because that's what kind of Brimstone is. He is that you know bootstrap commander that leads from the back. You're throwing the brim uh, the smokes down, the spin beacons. That's kind of his character and his kit. Where Omen you can play much more aggressively, a lot of trickery, teleporting forward, backwards, the smokes, the flashes. Uh, his ult, which was buff, is is a lot better now and can make Bolivar either a great scouting tool. Or a great aggressive tool when it comes to planting. Uh, he's a mid to high A for me, above uh, Brimstone. I would say uh, the criteria depends on whether you're looking at this entire first uh, first act as a whole. You know, mm. like what we've played thus far, or whether you're looking at it recently. For recent recently, I would agree with you and put him like just over Brim at like an A. Um, if we're looking at the entirety of like from official launch, so like post beta mm -hmm. to now, uh, I'd have to put him at about the same as Brim. So like uh, low A, high B, yeah. because uh, because he wasn't used nearly as much uh, towards the beginning until they adjusted him again. Um, and also until Ascent was introduced as a map, right? Because let's be real, like Ascent itself, like the introduction, and again, this is why maps over agents, guys. Uh, <laughs> Ascent changed the way people looked at meta composition significantly, where like people would test stuff out with Ascent and then they'd be like, okay, maybe this is going to work on Split 2 because that's a really big map. Maybe it's going to work on Haven 2. Um, and Omen has become the king of smokes on all three of those maps, in my opinion, especially towards the end of you know this first part of valorant so um it depends i'm gonna say that i'm going I i'm gonna say it's going for like current meta right now so i'd put him like at exactly the same yeah yeah exactly i still yeah. put him above brim uh, for my vote i'll put him above brim we can i'm, I'm slightly I'm above though you're putting him in the same tier so slightly yeah, above let's chat aside let's let's chat aside is it above brim or below brim 
Well, no, yeah, like, above, like, like, slightly like, above, I though, like not like better because he's more interesting. Yeah, I put him yeah, above yeah, him slightly. Right, for that's Omen. what I mean. Slightly above because yeah. we're still putting him in the same tier. I think Omen's alt also can, yeah. in the right hands, can be among the most useful alts in the entire mm. game. Really, uh, Brimstone's yeah. only real advantage is uh, is bind. Where bind, you have obviously the quick execution of smokes. Also, his ult is beautiful on bind, where you can have Puka and Lambs, two of the most important places on the map, where your ult just can like, clear them out very easily. Yeah, it clears out very easily. So, uh, Omen above Brim for me. So, in terms of average combat, in terms of average combat score, Brax leads the way. Uh, no surprise there. Two thirty. For him, uh, Boo on Noel Penke is second, mm. actually, 227. And Uzi on a team called Kud Kudo uh, <laughs> is uh, third in, with 218 on 210 rounds. Relics is fourth on Cloud9 with 215. All right, let's go to Breach. Breach has gotten significantly lower Ooh. on this. If you were to ask us this last, even a couple months ago, uh, his rating would be significantly higher than I think we're going to put him. This is hard because it's so, now we're now we're looking at NA versus EU. Yeah, like, I was importance. gonna say like how. So, so do you want to split it up? Do you want to do? Do you want to do? Uh, Emily, no, no. do you want to take the no, EU side? No. Okay. No, no, no. Um, but I think like both. that's that's why like breach doesn't drop super far for me. Like I'd put him at a at a B plus given how mm. Europe uses him. It was still a B though. Um, yeah, I mean, still a B because he's not, like, as widely spread across both regions as, like, an Omen or a Brim. Um, so you can't, uh, you can't necessarily say, like, oh, he's, you know, you can't argue for him as A tier because he's not being played across, like, every single region. But I think Breach is still, like, really strong, depending on how teams do want to play him. Um, and we see most of the European teams favoring... Like where where Phoenix is going to be another weird one to rank, by mm. the way, because Europe doesn't really like Phoenix. Uh, but yeah, I would say I would say B. I would still say B because mm. of how much Europe prefers Breach. Yeah, I think he's a B. I don't think he's C. Uh, I think he's still very useful. I know Morello uh, from the development team said mm -hmm. he's going to get boss, but I don't think he needs boss. I think he's still. Uh, besides Raid, I play Raid mainly as my signature agent, but I do play Breach as my, you know, my uh, side side character when when uh, I don't want to when someone insults Raid before me. So I think I think Breach is <laughs> I think Breach is a a good character. I think he's in a good place. I think because of the current meta, he just is is kind of left out in the cold. I think it's less to do with Breach being weak and more so of just the current meta that he's kind of being left out in. I think we're seeing a lot more play of him in Europe. I think Shazam has done. An amazing job of playing him in North America when he is played. Uh, I do like his play on Ascent and Split. I think those two maps are still very viable for him, either in in both regions. Uh, I I have to go with B. I, I like mid, like like right in the middle B. Like I think he is in a very uh, precocious space where I do think he there will be metas even in Europe where he will fall out. There's a very there's a there's a possibility Killjoy comes in and just kind of rewrites the meta, and he just falls out completely, and no fault to his own. I think his kit is fine, but I think for right now, I would have him be, he's below Omen and Brimstone, because he's not an essential part of most compositions, uh, aside from a few teams, where I do think, like, a Fish 1-2-3 of, of Scream on him, and Shazam playing him with, in an NA, uh, he's a B for me. So, to your point, the top Breach agents, other than Shazam, who's second at 230 average combat score, it's littered with EU players. Yep. Scream on top, 
uh, no. with 259. So that that's no surprise there. Who's our next agent, Thomas? Cipher. Oh, I think easy. we can agree uh, on S tier. Just we can. No need for a conversation. No need for a conversation. S tier. Get in there. Let's go. No, no, we don't. We can spend five seconds on Cipher. Yeah. S tier, we all know this. Yeah, just, yeah. just, just drop it on the S. Go drop it what, like it's hot. Let's go. S tier, there it is. What is Cipher's best map? I mean, we can all agree he's S tier, but what do you think so, he is best Cypher, map? Cipher can hold, on bind and split, Cipher can hold an entire site by yep. himself on yeah. defense. No. That's the thing, right? Uh, you, B, B, put that, uh, put the cam facing garage you can see heaven and you can see garage that way and then on bind you can basically take care of b yeah. looking into hookah mm-hmm. like it, it, it's it's that I that was say, camera I, is I, incredible i think it's bind because bind is such a comparatively like small map mm-hmm. it, like it's just feels smaller and he can hold entire sites on his own i think it's haven for me personally i just think it's haven because i was actually the, oh the sea long no, I don't. It's that. It's less, of, it's, it's less of him controlling one map and just him breaking down flanks. Where I think Haven is the uh, map where flanks are most key. Where there's so many, there's so many, uh, there's so many ways you can flank on Haven. There's so many different avenues and paths you can go in. Where I don't want to count how many times I've had the perfect flank. Where it's a one v two. They don't know where I am. I'm flanking from behind on Haven. I'm going through garage to see, and then it's that stupid. Freaking tripwires right there, <laughs> and that tripwire. So I think it's Haven. I think he can stop so many flanks. Where the it's the flankiest map on Haven, just because of so many sites. But again, we can all agree he is essential on every single map. We will see if Killjoy can usurp him as similar, you know, similar to the. I Omen think people are just going to use both of them together. But they're weak on possible like at first. Week. Sure. Yeah. At yeah. first. Yeah. I think it's going to be like a double. Like when people are first trying to figure it out, I think they're going to double it up, for sure. Uh, Crashies is the best cipher in North America, mm-hmm. 227 mm-hmm. average combat score. And then there are some European players, uh, very impressive. Um, uh, and Mikhail on Gen G as well yep. is on the list. And so, uh, Meadow on Fabrican as well. Meadow's great. Uh, mm-hmm. Our next agent is, let's go Jet. Mm. Jet. Jet, I this, think, okay, in the right hands, it's S tier. I just want to say yeah, that. In the yeah, right hands, yeah. Jet is S tier. Well, I think look- people still don't, like, the problem with Jet, and we always knew it was going to be this way, right? Because, like, her kit by design is like this. If you are really good at Jet, she's mm-hmm. going to be the best agent available. Yep. Because your entry is just going to be so good. Yeah. And something that I feel like people talked about her with initially, but don't touch upon anymore that's super important towards economy, is that she basically is given a free econ round. More than a few, like, depending on how many rounds you're playing. If you're, like, stomping your opponents or getting stomped, obviously it, it might affect it. But, like, she basically gets a free econ round, you know, uh, pretty frequently uh, with her knives. So if you have a really good jet on your team, not only do you, can you already just have a better economy than your opponents, but you have the best entry fragger in the game, in my opinion. But the problem is not everyone plays jet that way. Um, even <laughs> even in like even in competitive, honestly, like not everyone is a jet player, right? Uh, I think the the most reliable entry fragger is, in my opinion, Raze, like yeah. across the board between both major regions. So. Um, I, it's hard. 
Like B seems like really low to me, given mm-hmm. the insane pass as they, I like B seems low to me, given the mm-hmm. insane amount of talent that plays her um, and her like capability. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll go A because of the econ too. Like something no one talks about is econ. Yeah. So uh, go ahead, Tyler. I think she's A because I just think as she's such a, if you look at every champion, big major ignition series champion, She's been at the center of it in some shape or form. Mixwell, over in Europe, best mm-hmm. jet player. He plays her exclusively. Uh, Wardell plays her almost exclusively, along with Fasova. Uh, Shazam, even though you see more as a breach player and more of a flexible player who can play a, a plethora of hero or agents, he plays, he, sees, he started to play that jet, especially to go along with, you know, the Phoenix of Sinatra, like even up the aggression of Sentinel's playstyle. Where I think she's such a central ace cog, that kind of centerpiece of so many championship teams. And again, the free econ round where we've seen tens time and time again. We've talked about this in the clip of the week where that was a round where C9 didn't have enough money to buy out with all rifles. Uh, he's on a sheriff. He doesn't buy because he has no money. He buys for his other teammates. He takes the ults. And even though they're down five to three, he turns the, he turns it all around with that one ult. So for me, percentage-wise, she's a B or a C even because of, you know, the lack of teams feeling comfortable with her, but she's definitely an A because of how much the top teams can squeeze out of her. And I would put her below probably Brimstone and Omen. I still think, I think she's in A, but I I think she's below Brimstone and Omen. I don't think she she has to be. Overall, yeah, sure. To Tyler's point, like, all the best teams in the world, I think, have a good, a strong jet player. But she is so finicky that you you can't put her best and she's not like a super like when you're looking at composition construction Mm -hmm. she's not like necessary in the same way that omen and with that said she in the right hands is by far the most dangerous agent in the game yeah. In the right hand, and she's absolutely the, she the is, most stunning entry fragger of, yes. of any agent. She is she is the most lethal agent in the game in the right hands. And you mentioned it already. The top three, Tens, Wardell, Mixwell, no surprise there. Yep. They use Jet like an artist on a canvas, as I mentioned. Phoenix. I'm gutted. Phoenix has to be B. I'm gutted. Stova, you're dead. I'm gutted at a B ranking. You're- Terrible. I'm gutted. <laughs> That's my British accent. I'm gutted. There can only be one, one Phoenix here. at B. Wow. Is it B? All Is it B? Right. Is B Phoenix B? Alright, yeah. so I think Phoenix has to be B because because Europe does not play Phoenix. They should, because a phoenix is the wave of the new. Is that a reason? Europe. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that a reason to give it? Na. Well, this is the thing. Like, how are we doing this? Because if we're doing it based on like compositional pick, we said the same yeah. thing about breach. Like, okay, breach fair. is super useful, but just because you know Na isn't playing him, we put him B. You have to say no. the same thing about Phoenix. I see your Na bias, guys. Like, no, I'm the only person he's higher who's than breach. We can agree. Well, yeah. well, oh my word. Well, I reason B, but he's definitely above breach because I think that uh, and a, a Phoenix in North America is more integral to their team success than a breach in Europe, where I think I think Sentinels without Phoenix don't win Pax Arena Invitational, especially if Sinatra, which I would say is the best Phoenix player right now, along with Drone and, and Gamon, and also Genji winning the Pulse Invitational off the back of Jet and Phoenix play with uh, Win on Jet and Gamond on Phoenix, where 
I think they are definitely that ace role a lot of times too, especially in the entry fragger where they're getting the first blood. I think Mr. Phoenix is in B, but he's not below breach. We can agree on that chat. He's above breach. We're, I let's, will be very gutted. I'll let's be, very be gutted. honest. I'll put him tied with breach, honestly. No. Let's He's be above. honest. You're above saying breach. that you're saying that only because you like his voice lines. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like no. No. Because if you take if you take Phoenix away from Sinatra during the Paxer and Invitational, yeah, they yes. don't win that tournament. If you yeah. take Phoenix away from Gamon during the Pulse Invitational, they don't win that tournament. You look over in Europe, you know, Gigi doesn't need to use breach. I will revisit this when we have the mandatory cut. So we can say confirmed phoenix is greater than breach thank you very much home above breach he's in b but he's above breach emily 100 percent voice lines yeah 100 percent. it's the voice uh, lines there can what only you, be one you... hero there can only be one hero. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you have against joe scova but we don't we uh. still don't know who that is all right so dr drone sinatra gamond and caboose on uh, team envy are your top nope. users of phoenix mm -hmm. and uh, average combat score Let's go raise. How about Tyler's favorite agent? Oh, I love her. My girl, my main. Uh, she has been with me from uh, from the first time I saw her. <laughs> day one. <laughs> to day one. Day one girl right there. Killjoy. I'm looking at Killjoy. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm always going to come back to raise. Her robot's better. She just, she just spits out damage. She's there's a no thief. Better, She's a thief. No, there's no better feeling in the world than just chucking your grenade while the other team is planting, getting a double kill in a pistol round. There's nothing better than that when they have no armor and the grenade just kills them because they can't do anything about it. And for me, Raze is less used in North America, obviously, with the prevalence of Phoenix and Jet compared to Europe, where Raze is much more prevalent. But I still think she's A. I think she's the best frag, uh, entry in the game, as I agree with Emily. She's mm -hmm. a more safe uh, entry than Phoenix, where Phoenix a lot of times, you have to dash and play much more aggressive, where you can boom bot in, you can grenade in, you can Clear corner is much easier on raise without kind of committing yourself into a one v one duel. So for so for me, she's an A. Is now because I think we can all agree it's an A. We have to disagree, yeah. we agree. Does she go above Jet? Does she go above Omen? Does she go above Brimstone? I think she goes above all of them because mm. I think that this is this is like my weird raise hot take. But I think you brought it up in your in your uh, initial like assessment of her is that. You can play so many different styles mm. with Raze as an entry fragger, right? Like, mm. you can play, like, if you really want to, you can play more aggress uh, aggressively. If you really want to, you can play more passively. She's useful on every single map. Um, I'm actually surprised that NA doesn't take as much, um, as much stock in her, like, incredible flexibility as European teams do. Uh, but I really, I really love Raze, and I think if you're, if you're evaluating it on, like, Again, like necessary in composition and someone who's going to like, regardless of who is on your team, is going to put you in a position to succeed. I do think she's the best entry fragger. Can I lament uh, to you, Emily, for a second, if you don't mind? Tyler, please stay silent for this, just, just for a couple oh. mi minutes yeah. here. Sure, sure, sure. So we're, we're on, uh, this has nothing to do with the tier list, by the way. We are on uh, bind, okay? <laughs> Tyler, I just, I just want, I just want you to hear a story. I just want you to hear a story, Emily. Okay. Can I hear? Can I? Can you please hear this story? So, okay, let's talk about pathing. So we go a short. Tyler goes. All right, let's rush in. 
Okay, no. great. Three, two, one. We start walking through. Every single time, Tyler throws down a satchel without saying anything, jumps onto the box, and guess who's behind him every single time to take that damage? It's only 20 damage. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. Every time. Every it's, time, Emily. Every single yeah, time. It's more important. You got to take one for the team, Arna. got to take one for the team sometimes. Unbelievable! I got an ace last night, and you were part you of did. it. I you did get an ace. Yeah, so I kill, I kill, I five of them. I injured you. Can you call it out next time, please? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're saying uh, raise is the best of the A tier right now. I so would. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's go. Let's go it's it's yeah. weird because the argument is that Brim and Omen are taking from each other, right? That's yeah, yeah. I'm they're stealing from each other. But I do think yeah. like those are the two best controllers, and they kind of fight for that King of Smoke spot. Where I do think Omen's yeah. kind of usurped him. But I think for overall, if we're looking at, we're we're obviously more recently biased towards what we're seeing now. But mm-hmm. looking at the act as a whole, I do think Raze has not fallen really out of style once. She's always been useful as that entry. Where Jet Phoenix and Reina have all either dropped completely out at some times or been, you know, very highly played. Raze has always been, as, as my number one girl, as my number one agent, as my main, she has never left my sight. She has always been spinning out damage. And that grenade, I want my two grenades back, Arda. Give me back my two no, grenades. No, Give me it back. No, you don't. Give me back my two grenades. I need no. my two grenades back. No. Was, she's great without them. It's fine. Speaking of an agent that people have left behind, at least on Ascent, let's go to Sage. This is going to be a fun one. Mm-hmm. Ah. It was an Insta-Lock S tier before. This is another, like, are we going recently or are we going the full? Right now, favoring, favoring more recent, favoring more recent, but I think we should link a little bit of over as well. She's either like S-, S minus A plus. Yeah, it's either low S or top of A. It's either one of those two. I think I would let chat decide. I think it's very, I would let chat decide as well. Let chat decide. It's very close. Like 80 to like 90, mid 90s percent. Great right behind Cypher. Um, And I think the big thing with Sageless comps is that maybe down the road we'll see better execution of them, but teams are still really trying to figure it out. And sometimes you have, to our point earlier, a team like TSM, where they can play it super, super well, or they can just be insanely disrespectful and die. So um, I, I think, like, Sage-less comps really require some more cohesion and some more, um, like, chat still says S. I mean, that's totally fine, because she dominated most of this entire thing i tyler um, i like it's still really necessary but i don't know i want to see i do want to see more teams move away from sageless comps mm. because i think that kind of aggressive playstyle really appeals to me i liked Just your tweet i liked your tweet tyler during the pax invitational mm-hmm. and i think this uh this is why sick is so good on sage mm-hmm. as an agent so you wrote i'm going to read your tweet at a time where people are asking if sageless comps are the way to go the top two teams at pax invitational exclusively played with sage Small brain equals using Sage as a walking ambulance. Yep. Big brain equals playing without Sage for more firepower. Galaxy brain equals battle Sage entry. Yep. It's so, it. What's better way than entering with someone who would instantly heal yourself? Instant heal. Like, you know, there's no quicker reaction time than getting entering a Sage, trading off, and healing yourself. And I think Sick and David P from G2 and Sentinels 
both are integral parts of the team. And I think that's why she is. I actually do agree, female, and now that the two top teams right now in NA and Europe both play Battle Sage, play that aggressive duelist pistol round Sage where Sick was second on his team in first blood. Second, well, he had four less first bloods than Sinatra. Sinatra, who's the most aggressive player in the game, who, you know, best player in the world, Shazam says, you know, I think he's an amazing player, world class, especially, especially on the Phoenix. And Sick has four less first bloods on the Sage. Battle Sage is the way to go. Uh, yeah, I still think she's S, low S, but I would still have her S. Uh, Sick also has the most first bloods on Sage yep. of anyone, and Artist on Party Parrots, actually, soon to be disbanded, is second with 84. So those are two great. And David P. is in that list as well. Battle Sages, baby. Battle Sage, the future. Okay, Reina, D, Y. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay, okay. Let's, let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. Uh, the Hip Plazer. Hip Plazer a lot. Hip is pretty much the last bastion of the Reina Hope. Uh, we see Caboose player time to time. I think she's 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 situational. Maybe a C. We can maybe we can talk a C or a D. You could uh, you could fudge like a C minus out of her, but in terms of like necessity, the comps, I think she's really yeah. There are just so many better options than Reyna, regardless of like how you want to play her. Like, if you're using her more for, like, vision, which I wouldn't, but, like, if you are, you have Sova Cypher combo, which is way better. Yeah. And then if you're using her as an entry, you have way better options in literally every other entry fragger, probably. So, her flash is like, good. Her flash like, is really good. And she's, like, really weirdly insular to herself that she doesn't fit in a lot of team compositions. And, like, to our point with Hip playing her... Um, I feel like, I don't want to say his team is winning in spite of him. Like they make it work, mm -hmm. but I don't really, I don't know. I don't like it a ton. Well, like, I, don't, theory, I don't think it makes her like super yeah. valuable. Like I, I think, it, mm -hmm. you know, I think the way they're playing her is fine. I think it doesn't, I haven't seen her be mm -hmm. super valuable in the way that others, I would like say like C minus. I think in theory, like, if you play Reyna, you would expect her to be that hard carry, the ace, getting the 30 kills, plus 20 at least. We're all we're on Ninja's Pajamas. Oftentimes, Hip plays the Reyna and is, you know, third fragging on the team. He's third or second. He's not that, like, glass cannon you expect of Reyna, where if you play Reyna, her kids are around getting kills. You should getting you should be getting average on 20-plus kills. I think on uh, using Blitz, the great app over there, Created by the guys, I believe, at TSM. Like, if you look at like the, the the play rate and the win rate of you know agents by you know uh, tier like gold, silver, iron, uh, when you look at the average kills on Reyna, like Reyna is almost always the top of getting kills. Like, if you're playing Reyna, especially at the pro level, you need to get kills. So, I just think teams are not gambling as much. I think teams could well, make Reyna work. Why would you put your best yeah. player on Reyna? Yeah, when yeah. She's, there's, there's no yeah. benefit. She's no, yeah, she's not mobile enough. Like, where yeah. I, like in theory, could tens could tens play Reyna? Definitely, could could tens yeah. put forty kills on Reyna? So yeah. Why would you? Why would you put yeah. him on Reyna when you put him yeah. on Jet? Yeah, I think he more consistently right. he puts up more big. He's more consistently going to put up big numbers on like a Sova or a Raze or a Jet over Reyna. Yeah. Put her in C. Put her in C. Arda. Put her in C. Thomas. Okay. 
C minus. I agree with Emily. C minus. Barely in C. Barely in C. Uh, Scream has the highest ACS for uh, Reina in 253 rounds, by the way. Uh, also on the list is Foe. Uh, also, our investigative reporter Asana is on the list uh, at 221. And Hip is fourth at 209. Uh, Infamous in the chat said Caboose. Uh, yeah. is is the best uh, Reina player in NA. So take yeah. that for what it's worth as well. Yeah. Sova, where does the Hunter... A. Yeah, he's an A. That's an, that's an easy one. It's an A. He's an A. Yeah. Now it's just of where okay, do you so let's, let's bring up, yeah, let's bring up the A tier because A tier is uh, a traffic jam right let's now. Go let's go take a look. bottom up. Is she, is, is Sova better so, than Jed? More integral than Jed? Yes. I would say yes. yes. I say yes. 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 yes, Brim as well. I think more integral than Brim. Yeah, I would say I would put him above the like because we're I, I still see like Brim Omen as like this, like they're together. No. right? like you can't separate them. Yeah, I would put him above the Brim Omen cluster, mm. but below Ray's. It's versus like, Ray's. Yeah, who's, who's Is still, she, like, in my mm, opinion, the most useful entry fragger. Across that's a hard one. Ocean. I think Ray's versus Soba is the tough one. I think that could go either way. I I don't know. People, I, I don't know. Sova's got the recon. The weird well, thing about Sova mm. is that he's not in competition with the other agent in his own category of vision because mm. Cypher is like mm. all the way up here, you know? Yeah, but so I think he's he's definitely A. I just think I'm also thinking about his use of like versatility. He could be a rifler. He's he's probably a second most played operator character beside I think it's Sage, uh Sage, Jet, and Sova are the three main operator players for like the, the star ops of the team. Uh we see, you know, Sinatra play him, Wardell play him. I think so I think I actually put Sova above Ray's. And this is for me, I love Ray. She's my girl, but Sova, I think he, he I think there's he's more well rounded. I think he can be used with different guns. I think he can be an offer. I know some players like BZT and over if my boys need more DM and hungry play with the off on raise. But I think, I think overall I put Sova slightly above raise, but that's me. If it, if me and I mean, that's me. I, uh, Emily says raise over Sova. Arda, what do you say? I, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, so chat, so chat is definitely, in, no, no, I, I will do i will be the tiebreaker i'm just saying sova some people are saying s tier for sova but most mm. people are saying a and in fact they're saying bump jet to b tier so we'll, 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 we'll do an adjudication after we'll do a post-mortem on this I mean, afterwards but like a b so here's the thing a yeah b b plus b plus a minus situation that's what jet will be the last of the a tier see this is the thing sova that intel is crucial and also, if you look at the agents that use Sova in competitive, it's like an all-star team. You have Artists, you have Wardell, you have Venerated, you have Sinatra, you have Mame, you have Shao. Yeah. So for that reason, I think the, the fact that the best players in the world are using Sova to success, and we all know that Sova's kit is, ex is extremely powerful, even though Raze belongs in A-tier, if you're asking me to tie break between those two, I would put Sova above Rays by a hair. Yep. By a hair. Sova. Put Sova above Rays. Put her above by my a girl. hair. By a hair. By not by much, because I agree that Rays is extremely powerful in that entry frag position. But Sova for the Intel and also for the uh experts that use or the competitors that use him. 
All right. So finally, for the above S tier, God tier Viper, uh, give us our reasons. Mm, let's. I'm I mean, gonna say. Um, like, is it D or F? Is kind of what we have. To <laughs> I mean, Viper has been, been no. Here's the thing, though. Like, what is our criteria? Because now we're like all over the place, and A tier is a cluster because. Viper has not been used successfully mm. since like the end of beta, very beginning of competitive play. And it was only in mm. Europe. We have not seen her have any success outside of that. I love Viper. I am a actual Viper player. I love is not necessary to competitive composition. So I cannot rate her highly whatsoever. But... The, uh, can I can I just say that the highest number of rounds used for Viper is safe on yeah. Bonk, hundred and seventy-two. She has like a pick rate of like one percent, like two percent in competitive. Like you cannot bump her to C because of that. I'm sorry. There's no argument for it. Uh, I'm already, I'm already okay, Tyler. Do, Tyler yeah, has a counter Tyler. here, though. Tyler has a, Tyler's a counter. Uh, Let's hear what Tyler has to say. Let's hear it. I feel like Viper has more use for Garena in a team composition. I think Fury who has played Viper and who wait, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's hear Tyler's counter here. Yeah, my counter is very easy. The last major tournament we just had, the Patrick Invitational, many people watch it. I feel like Chat watched it, I watched it, we all watched it. Very good event. In the finals. Which ages were playing the finals, Emily? Was Viper playing the finals? Yes, she was. Jesus. Viper was playing the finals. Were they good in Viper game? I was excited as the reason why they lost. I mean, in theory, in theory, in theory, Viper makes a lot of sense in some of these competitions. She's D. She's player indeed. I can't buy. I can't play Strawman at this. I can't play Devils. So... So, okay, here's the thing. No, no, the, for, for competitive, em, I, I'm siding with Emily on this one. Belongs in D because, first of all, we have nowhere near a good sample size for Viper being used in any sort of quality competition. Yeah. But also, I do think that if Viper is used more, we might notice that the kit is better suited than Reyna in the Reyna-Viper conversation. I totally think that's possible, honestly. But the, the I, problem I like Viper is... Viper here's, better than Reyna. Yes, here's the thing. We are not doing this tier in theory. We're talking right. about yeah. as the agents are today. Right. And so Viper cannot possibly be anywhere higher than any other agent. Yeah. Yeah. She's so, okay. So let's take a look at the tiers, the tier list as we have it right now. Mm -hmm. This is going to be our final opportunity to make mm -hmm. any changes before it becomes bound forever. We tweet it out. We're going to tweet it out and be an official part of this. Well, hold on. If we're going to tweet it out, we got to put Faker in S tier. Oh, yeah. So, so that Twitter Next gets batch. behind us. Act three. That's the new agent. Act three. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, D tier Viper. I think we all agree that that's okay. Yeah. I mean, high D, D plus, D plus. I so, don't. D plus. D plus. D plus. Well, I mean, Twitter's not going to know D plus. Twitter's going to see Viper D. But yes, we're saying Viper D. Reina C. Reina C. Reina bottom of her tier i wish we could do like placeholders because like I, I still think she's like a c minus i want she, more yeah. people viper so we have more no, she's c. On. Reina c she's easily c so we she agree is. viper d Reina c 
Now she let's go used, to B. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so B. B. We have Phoenix first, then Breach in the B tier. Yes. Our boy Phoenix is above Breach. I'm going to stand up for Europe here and say the no. Breach is still better, but no. I'm not going to strongly enough about it to argue. Not a hill so, worth dying on. Sinatra just Sinatra's Sinatra's uh Sinatra and Gamon just won two tournaments in the night based off their Phoenix play. Uh so yes, yeah, so Phoenix is above breach. Okay. Go, go Phoenix. Go. I'm gonna go A last because that is the congested tier. Mm. S tier we have Cypher first followed by Sage. Yep. No yeah. disagreements. That's I easy. think that's fair. Okay. That's now we dive into A. This is our last chance to make any changes whatsoever. This is the order right now. Number one, Sova. Number two, Rays. Number three, Omen. Four, Brimstone. Five, Jet. I don't disagree I, with that. I all. think the only thing that would change is, I think the only change that could possibly be made is Jet going down to top of B. That's the I, only I, I change that could possibly I, I, happen. You shouldn't, because if you're using the argument of winning with Jet, mm. all of the top teams yeah. typically have an entry fragger that can play mm. Jet insanely well, because mm. her, like, obviously, if you don't know how to play her, like, if you're me, she's, like, you know, F tier. But if you're actually good at the game and you have a Jet player on your team, she's, like, essential. And her economy is insane as well. So that's why I think she still belongs in A. And if we're using the same logic that you applied previously, she has to be an A, actually. Based on based off previous results, yeah, and also the clip of the week that you just showed was a I perfect example. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not trying to disagree. I would say she's A too. I know we just have a little bit of debate here, a little bit of banter. Uh, I think she's A. I think special. Uh, I think it comes down to is Phoenix an integral part of winning teams in an A? Yes. Is Breach integral parts of teams in Europe? Yes. Is Jet integral parts of winning teams in Europe and in A? Yes, yes, which is why I think that bumps her up to an A. I think, I think if Reach sees a rise of play in an A, he goes to A tier and, and he comes in that soupy area. I also think that like this is going to change dramatically of Killjoy. I think that we're mm-hmm. going to see more. We're going to see more buffs to probably a few new agents. Maybe Rain will get a buff. Maybe Breach will get the buff that Morello was talking about. Maybe some nerfs to make. I know Raze is going to get her satchel nerf, I believe, from what Morella said. Thank to make it goodness. Less, less damage, Arda. Less damage. Now, now I'll only hit you 10 damage instead of 20. So oh, it'll be thanks. good. But can, no, the nerf, uh, can the nerf be that you actually call it out in gameplay? No, never. <laughs> never. Never. Maybe that's a communication issue. But no, I, I, think, I think this is good. I think, I think A is top heavy, but I think A is basically us saying, like, this is viable and winning compositions and in na and europe these are both viable cog pieces and an s tier is like half to pick b is situational with uh breach being europe and na being phoenix and then we have viper and Fe- uh viper and reina fighting okay. at the bottom lucky tier yeah Unlucky so tier. uh we have a couple minutes left in the show and by the way chat thanks for agreeing with every single agent <laughs> tier that we put forth here we will put this to twitter and we can't wait for the positive response from everyone on twitter it's just going to be it's going to be marvelous it really is so couple com a uh, couple notes for you uh thank you for joining us this is our longest espn esports valorant show we've ever done but it's been a ton of fun i'm really glad that we got to dive in on the tier list don't forget that tyler has a power ranking show every monday emily's going to be the guest this week it's at 9 p.m eastern 6 pacific 
They're going to dive into the European rankings. Do you envision early early thoughts here? Does G2 fall from the first spot at all? Like, what is it going to take for G2 to not be number one, in your opinion? Uh, take them, like, getting eliminated really Yeah, early. really early. They have to lose, like, early Even on. Even if they make, like, semifinals or finals, I still think G2. Yeah. It, like, Europe is in such a weird spot right now with, as we talked about with Fabrican and, and Party Parrots, that it's just, yeah. you know, there's, like, a ton of talent there. But making them into teams and knowing that we have, like, set teams is the issue. There's definitely a possibility that like two of the top five teams are going to be like dead. Yeah. So, so it'll be fun though. Final thoughts here, whether you want to talk about mandatory cup, what's coming up with phase for me, my final thought is I can't wait to get more information on the phase clan team. Who is the full roster? We have heard uh, Zachary and Marv sign who is coming up next. We still have a full roster to find out there's a tournament coming up. So I assume that phase will be in that tournament that they are hosting with a full team. So we're going to get information soon. I'm glad it's happening sooner than later. Final thoughts from you, Tyler. Uh, my final thoughts is I'm just excited for Killjoy. I'm excited for Act 2. Obviously, I wish you were getting a new map. I'm not getting a new map. Probably not until <laughs> December. Sorry to be Grinch, everyone. No Christmas in July. <laughs> uh, but I do. I'm excited to see Killjoy. And I'm very excited to see the drama that will unfold. What will happen if FaZe does not ban her from the tournament? Because we're going to see a lot of teams being like, well, we're going to have we're gonna have five days of prep for this new character, this, you know, this turret character, which is always annoying. But it... Be banned or not, if she's not banned, it's gonna be really fun to see how team she's with her in phase and just how she does the like the impact of that character in the new meta. And I'm just really excited for the phase invitational, especially if phase what's Veronica gonna be and mandatory cups will also be fun this week. There's so much action in, in, in Valorant. There's every week there's a tournament. Every week there's the 30 bomb tournament coming up. We have phase, we have mandatory cup, uh rage, we didn't even talk about the rage invitational. The I think I think this is the biggest maybe Japanese esports prize money of all time. Wow. $50,000 this weekend in Japan. And it's all best of ones until the finals. So it's going to be madness that it's a best of one until the grand finals of a $50,000 tournament. So, so much action this weekend. So much action next weekend. I'm just so excited to cover Valorant. There's so much stuff to watch. Esports players love best of ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Emily, your final thought. I don't best um, maps are greater than agents. If uh, Killjoy is allowed and players don't want to play her, they could always enter a good old-fashioned gentleman's agreement. Just throwing that out there. Oh, yeah, of course. It will never, never happen, but I'm just saying you can take power into your um, I'm just saying. Just saying. Oh uh, no, I'm I'm actually uh as as people already know, I've been kind of the, the proponent of the European Valorant scene on the show. Um so I'm really looking forward to the mandatory cup this weekend because I, I really love what a lot of Europeans do, uh European teams do with uh, variety and play styles and agent pick rates compared to NA and I feel like uh we sometimes over focus on NA because of the amount of larger orgs. So watch Watch this weekend because Europe is still very exciting, even if G2 wins. So that'll wrap things up for us here on the ESPN Esports Valorant Show. Thank you very much for joining us. Feel free to interact on Twitter with the 100% correct tier list that we just created. We're here every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern with the program. Don't forget, Monday, Power Ranking Show, 9 p.m. Eastern. Emily and Tyler will be there with you, breaking down their EU rankings. But that's it. That's all for us right here. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.